Well, hello there. It's another day. I'm Jim Harrington. And I am Bill Knight. Happy Tuesday, by the way. Day before, uh, well, we get into the Republican debates. That ought to be interesting. Oh, yeah. Uh, Interesting note this morning. In the latest New Hampshire poll, Ron DeSantis has dropped to number four behind behind Chris Christie. Holy smokes. You know, yeah, I, I, Chris Christie, he ought to be the spokesperson for Dunkin' Donuts or something because, <laughs> you know, I, I, Jelly Roll's got competition for the name. I'm telling you that right now, you know, but uh, oh, I, th- that guy, you know, I'm sorry. If that's the best we can do in the field of contenders, you know, the ship is sunk. All hope is lost. I know. I know. <laughs> oh, well, he's only good at one thing. His one note Samba is to attack Donald Trump. Pure and simple. That's yeah. that's it. He uh, he doesn't like Trump, and he is he is the Democrats' uh, best Republican candidate. You know. Uh, anyway. Yeah. Well, you know, well, you know, they want Trump out. They want Trump. You know, the the rhinos and the Democrats saying Trump should resign. He's going to lose to Biden. Really, you already know this, and he's mm. he's now. You know, it's not like sixty percent. Now he's at like seventy percent. This is the highest polling numbers he's ever had. I know. That's why, Bill, ever had. that's why there's no way in heck this guy should lose in 2024. Yet they're getting ready for this deal. Did you hear what happened this morning? Now there's a, a college down, I think, in Alabama that mm-hmm. is starting the mask mandate again and the distancing. Oh, well, the, yeah, mid-September is when they're saying the Biden administration is going to go ahead and put the lockdowns in place in September. Unbelievable. And you better go and get your mask because that's going to happen again, too. And I'm sitting there going, well, what could be happening that, uh, you know, there's a new strain of COVID? But what else is out? Oh, yeah. The yeah. election. Yes. Yeah. 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 Mail in those votes, friends. Although the <laughs> mail can't support or handle, you know, the, the strain. Uh, you know, you, know you said you said something interesting just before we started the show. You said... Uh, I mean, how can the guy, meaning Trump, how could he lose? I mean, he's got the most popularity he's ever had. It's simple. They're going to steal it again. They're just going to steal it. My point is you got to make it so freaking obvious. And one of the things is you mentioned the other day that the blue states are talking about taking Trump off the ballot. Yes. Oh, that's, that's bad. I'm going, no, actually, that would be the best thing in the world because if the Republicans don't get off their butt after that, now what can you do? It's called a write-in vote. Now, if you got 70 million write-in votes and all of a sudden they're going, no, we didn't have a single vote cast for Trump. We had two. We had yeah. two write-in yeah. votes. Amazing. They fell within the lines. They didn't How did scribble it work, over Bill? the line. We went to bed and he was up by 800,000 or something like that in PA. In Pennsylvania. Yeah. 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 I, wa- I saw the – look. I saw it at one thirty. It was like one. It was a, it was a done deal. It was a done deal, and then it just boom. Yes, and if you look, if you look at the graph, Bill, if you look at the graph, you know most graphs are angled, you know, up mm-hmm. and down, like a forty-five. This thing goes along, and then it's it is a right angle, straight up. Well, it's Str- like they took the votes from him and gave them to Biden, yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, yep. What the hell's going on? And they're going, oh, no, no, no. Trump still has his votes. No, we found extra votes, yeah. more than the population. And don't say that that didn't but happen. What amazes because- me, Bill, that Bill, is the people, the people aren't, they didn't question it then, really. They just went back to work and, oh, I guess Biden won. Uh, what are we doing today? Are we going to, what? I mean, it's like so many people just ignored the reality of what happened in 2020. And then as the years, went on, you know, we had the January 6th hearing and all stuff. The the storyline that the other side wanted you to believe became more structured and more permanent. You know, mm-hmm. people started to believe that, yeah, Biden won in 2020. I mean, I hear some very intelligent people on TV say, you know, they'll be asked, well, do, do you believe that that President Trump won or do you think the election was was real? And people who I respect will say, well, no, the election is a done deal and Joe Biden is president. And I think, wait a second, wait a second, stop, stop. That's not how it should be. If you believed two years ago 
that Joe Biden stole the election and the Democrats stole the election, you should still believe it today. Here's the problem. There is no mechanism that sits there and forces judges to allow you to go in and investigate. And what's the threshold number of error to where you go and say, let's stop the count here right now and go back and do a forensic. Let's take a look at these ballots that are in question. Oh, you have no standing. So there's no standing. And so therefore, well, you know what? A judge said you had no standing. What does that mean? It means that he doesn't have the authority to make a ruling on that. So says he, which means that there's still the chance or the likelihood that something was amiss, but he's not going to let it get past his desk or her desk or its desk, whatever they are, and that's it. And then you go, okay, well, I guess we have to accept it. And then down the road, somebody goes, you know, it really was stolen. Yeah, you know what? I think you're right. I feel that way too. Well, it's too late because now the statute of limitations on keeping the evidence is gone away, even if it's not the statute of limitations. I've said this. I've said this before. Um, the biggest, the most blatant case of that no standing was when the 28 states in the in the last election, the 2020 election, uh, went to the Supreme Court and they said, "We want this to be looked at by the Supreme Court." We want you to examine the 2020 election. We want you to go back, maybe stop the, the, the voting and go back to the states. We wanted it from the Supreme Court. And the Supreme Court said to 28 states, uh, you have no standing. If 28 of the 50 states that participated in the election do not have standing in that election, then who the heck does? Well, what they told me by saying that, is the elections are a crap show? Yeah, to clean it up, it, it's 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 to make you feel th- this is a George Carlin bit. Yeah, you know this election is just there to make you feel like that you're involved and you're doing something when the outcome has already been predetermined. Yeah, and you know you're just you're 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 living under the mushroom. You're a puppet on a string. You are a minion. Yeah, yeah. Um, so what is it? I mean, Joe Biden uh, is not just an illegitimate president, in my opinion, but the guy is is just uh, he's insensitive. He has no real empathy or compassion. He went to Maui yesterday. Why. He went to Maui. They protested. Y- First of all, the people in Maui had signs. Did you see that? They had signs along the street. They didn't want him being there. They were very dissatisfied with his performance. But he get out. He got out there. And um, oh, geez. here we go. I got to play this for you. You know, people have just lost everything. I'm not talking about they lost a garage or they lost their car in the driveway. Most of these places, if you look at the pictures of Lahaini, uh, Lahaini I keep mispronouncing that. It's uh, yeah, uh, like but it. that town has been leveled. That town has mm-hmm. been destroyed. It is decimated. It's gone. It's just gone. So Joe Biden gets up there, and instead of saying, folks, I, I cannot imagine how you feel because I'm not a resident and I haven't experienced what you've experienced. But I can tell you as the representative of your nation that we are with you and we are going to be with you for the long run. You're not alone in this tragedy. You have our prayers and our total support. But he didn't say that. Joe Biden got up in front of the crowd and he said this. I don't want to compare difficulties, but we have a little sense, Jill and I, what it's like to lose a home. Years ago, now 15 years ago, I was in Washington doing Meet the Press. It was a sunny Sunday and lightning struck at home on a little lake that's outside of our home, not a lake, a big pond, and hit a wire and came up underneath our home into the heating ducts, the air conditioning duct. To make a long story short, I almost lost my wife, my 67 Corvette, (laughs) and my cat. 
Walking aside, I watched the firefighters, the way they responded. You know, there's no expression. I grew up right across the street from a fire hall in Claymont, Delaware. And oh, enough, enough. This guy is I just he was amazing. I from Scranton and grew up in Scranton. It was yeah. his hometown. Oh, That's no, wait, he's, down there. he's everywhere. This guy is like a He's a, got a, a story a for everything, Joe. He yeah. does indeed. He woke, let's see, he grew up in a black neighborhood, a Puerto Rican neighborhood, an Italian neighborhood. Remember the time mm-hmm. he said, oh, I thought my name should have an O behind it because I grew up in an Italian neighborhood? Of course. And now he says he grew up uh, across the street from a firehouse. This guy is just, and and to compare, compare a kitchen fire that was out in twenty minutes, and that's what it was, folks. It was out in twenty mm-hmm. minutes. To compare that to the devastation and the loss of these people is—it's an insult. It's obscene, and it's wrong. He had no intention to go. The only reason he did is it suits his agenda he was too late to get there to uh, you know to do anything and that's what they were saying and that's why they lined the streets in protest but he wants to call this climate change just like you know are we gonna now he says you know however long it takes to rebuild well yeah it's gonna take a long time and a lot of money but we got wildfires now in washington dc but you know, I think before we spend any money on these here United States, you know, he ought to help his buddy Trudeau out, who's got wildfires blazing through the nation Oh, my there. gosh. And we'll be sending money there before we send it to our own people, because that's the way Joe works. Oh, absolutely, Bill. Absolutely. I mean, Maui, he's going to give a whopping $700 to each residence. Big resident. deal. And, you know, in the meantime, he turns around and sells, uh, sends another $10 billion, or whatever, $2 billion, to the Ukraine. Which, by the way, we'll get to in a few minutes, but that war is being lost big time. They're losing like 800 soldiers a day. A day in the Ukraine. Nobody's talking about that. The, the, they've lost 50,000 soldiers, I think, uh, uh, the Russians have in the course of the war. The Ukrainians have lost 400,000, I believe. Or is it 800,000? Yeah. It's a massive amount. It's eight ton- It's 800,000 because, because 50,000 for the Russians, 800,000 for the Ukrainians. And nobody's talking about that. Well, the numbers get cooked all the time. Uh, now, Ukraine is getting some help from certain NATO nations with F-16 jets. Uh, they've got some old Soviet... Uh, Rockets that are there, they're re-engineering. Mm-hmm. And from what I hear, nukes. And I'm going like, well, why do you need a nuke, Vladimir, unless you're going to launch it on Russia or launch it somewhere? And you know once he fires a misguided nuke and lands it anywhere in this this globe, all hell breaks loose. Well, absolutely. We're, the, the, you got to he hear, needs- by the way, Douglas uh, McGregor. Colonel Douglas yeah, McGregor. Great general, yeah. Yeah. He is he's on um with Tucker. And right. uh he is a, a military expert, West Point graduate, uh spent most by the way, he's a colonel, not a general. Yeah, but I only, yeah, I, yeah, I, yeah, I, I saw that. I only mention that because uh I've mentioned this before. Most colonels are that's the that's as high as you go when you're a true military man. When you're right. a true military genius, you stop at colonel. Because anything after that usually is uh Politics, political. yeah, political. And, and a lot of guys uh, just—they don't get into the politics. But uh, McGregor is maybe the smartest military mind I've heard ever. I mean, I've—I heard Jack Kane, who's on Fox, who is a general. I think he's a four-star general. Um, he's a smart guy, but I think he—he's more political. He toes mm. that line. He, if there's a storyline that's being presented. Uh, he will explain that storyline, but he won't explain why it's wrong or what 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 we're doing what we're doing wrong by being involved in that that endeavor. Uh, whereas McGregor doesn't pull any punches. And uh, I, I'm if you want to hear this interview, it's on Tucker's uh, uh, Tucker on Twitter right now. It's the latest episode, and um, you know I cannot believe that those numbskulls at Fox let this guy go because he does, in my opinion, have the best guest, and he does a terrific interview. 
He does a solid interview of those guests. You get the the real story from this guy. But uh, the he's got it, a nice Rolodex of uh, people to contact. He does. Uh, that's for sure. Absolutely. And uh, but anyway, he he was on with uh, oh <laughs> my computer's doing an update. You gotta love it. Um, uh-huh. uh, but anyway. Um, that's neither here nor there. That was a little side note there, friends. Um, Douglas McGregor talked about the readiness of our military right now. We're being sold a bill of goods, and he doesn't say it in this uh, piece that I'm going to play, but he does say it in the interview, and I want to mention it here. He says, think of the military as an engine. He says, if you have 500, a 500 horsepower engine, that's a pretty amazing engine. I mean, you put your foot down and that thing goes. It's got power and strength. You have a 100-horsepower engine, and if it's, it's great going down the highway. It's great going to the store. But when you need it, when you need to put your foot down on the gas pedal and to take off, it doesn't have the oomph. It doesn't have the power. I thought that was a great analogy. He says, that's where we are now. We used to have the 500-horsepower engine. We used to have that engine where you put the pedal to the metal, and it went because it was strong. He said, we don't have it. We have the 100-horsepower engine right now, and that's pretty darn depressing. This is where Biden and his cronies have taken. And he also mentioned that the people who are running our military right now, the Tony Blinkens, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, uh, these people, they are— they're not military people, but they think they are, and that's worse than anything else. They've got the uh, the answers, you know, and they don't really have the answers, if you know what I mean. Yeah. This is well, a, that kind of— Go ahead, Bill. Well, I was going to say that kind of goes to the horsepower of the engine because everyone goes, well, wait a minute. We have all this sophisticated military equipment. Well, yes, we do. We absolutely not do. Not anymore. <laughs> well, we do and we don't. What, what I'm saying is, though— it's like a NASCAR uh, engine, you know, and a racer. If you don't have a good driver behind the wheel, that would be, well, I don't know, the president and the pit crew to make sure that that engine is operating at peak performance and you're getting the most out of it, then guess what? It, you could have an 800-horsepower engine, and but you're only going to get maybe, you know, 10 to 15% efficiency out of it. You got nothing. Yep. And if a cylinder misses, you're screwed. But I'm and I'm like you, Bill. When you said we have sophisticated, the most sophisticated, I was like that. And then, then I listened to McGregor, and McGregor said, We did have the most sophisticated, but well, we just giving it away. But we stopped developing. We stopped mm-hmm. developing. And the other countries like Russia and China, they've kept developing. So we've stopped. He said, many of the tanks that we have right now are tanks that I I used in nineteen ninety one. Oh, they've been refurbished and repurposed, but they're still the same tanks that we used in 1991. Yeah. And think about that for a second. Um, well, we could learn a lesson from another Democrat. Uh, uh, his name was Carter. Uh, and uh, when oh. he did the rescue, with the rescue with the helicopters oh, yeah. that were dilapidated, heated, yep. and that's where Reagan came and danced on him, going, we need to rebuild this military because... It was a cluster blank on the ground. It sure was. And they spin it around. And it wasn't. It, it could have been training, but it was also the fact that the hardware was put together with, uh, you know, bubble gum. They flew into a sandstorm. They flew yeah. into a sandstorm with, with outdated helicopters, Vietnam era helicopters. And, um, and the rescue went to hell. And yep. they all crashed. And, you know, we lost the people and the copters, which were junk anyway. Yeah. And uh, this is kind of where we are right now. I'm going to run this this six-minute uh, interview that was part of Tucker's program. I, it's really a, a terrific uh, piece. Listen to what he says about our military. And uh, if, you, if you like this six-minute segment, I would recommend that you go and listen to the entire interview. It's on a number of different sites. Uh, if, you go to, if you go to X, it used to be Twitter. You go to uh, yep, Twitter and you... X. Look for Tucker on Twitter. That's the name of the the program, Tucker on Twitter, and you'll find it there. And it's only fifty minutes long this this week. That's the other thing about Tucker; he doesn't extend it for extended just for the sake of extending it. If the interview goes fifty minutes and it's good, it's fifty minutes. If it goes an hour and twenty minutes and it's really good, 
It's an hour and 20 minutes. One of the luxuries of doing it in this format. But anyway, this is Tucker and uh, Colonel Douglas McGregor. Listen. So you spent your the bulk of your adult life as an Army officer, went to West Point, um, commanded troops in battle. You're a combat veteran, decorated. Um, but you entered the Army right at the tail end of Vietnam. That's right. When it was famously at its, at its neighbor. Yes. How would you compare the readiness of the current U.S. Armed Forces to, say, 1975 at the end of Vietnam? Uh, I think that in terms of morale and discipline, we are close to where we were in the late 70s. Uh, we have a lot of people that uh, are confused about what needs to be done. We've lost a sense of what's right. In other words, you you don't have people that have served long enough in formations to know what right looks like so that you can see a, a battle group whether it's a battalion size or brigade or, or larger, and you know what makes things work. You know what it takes to fight in battle. We don't have very many people like that because since 2001, most of the fighting has been on a very small scale against a fleeting enemy. You know, running around in sandals with an AK-47, relying heavily on explosives, mines, to kill and maim Americans. About 87% of our losses were really a result of explosives that came from mines. This is not an army that is accustomed to fighting anybody who can fight back. If I were going to compare it to an army, a better comparison would probably be the French army before the Franco-Prussian War. Because the French had fought Mexican bandits, Mexican rebels. They'd fought Arab bandits, Arab insurgents. They'd had a little experience fighting disgruntled, demoralized European troops, Austrians in northern Italy. But they hadn't faced a truly modern enemy. But people were convinced that the French army was the greatest army in the world because they'd fought in North Africa, and Indochina, Mexico, all over the world. That war was a catastrophe for France. And that army was decimated in months by a Prussian army that was a modern force, highly disciplined, very competently led, trained and equipped. So we're not there. We have equipment that is decades old. The, the tanks that I served on, for instance, when I went to war in 1990, were virtually brand new, state of the art. Those tanks are still out there. They've been rebuilt, but they're not new anymore. They're no longer as capable as they once were. You know, I'll give you a quick example. We have a turbine engine in the M1, uh, A1 series tanks, and that turbine engine burns up as much fuel sitting still as it does moving because it's a turbine engine. It was designed to be used on an aircraft. We put them in the tanks. So that means you've got an eight-hour tank. Every eight hours, if you're operating, you've got to refuel this thing. This thing also burns fuel at a very, very high temperature, over 1,000 degrees. And there are 40-plus connections around the engine that are very brittle that can easily cause fires if the accidentally they touch these little tubes that carry various types of fluid if they actually touch this engine that's burning so hot. So the engine is so hot that you can track the movement of U.S. Army ground forces with tanks from low-Earth orbiting satellites. So if you think you're going to hide or conceal yourself or outpace somebody, you're just a glowing target from space. To this must be added the ridiculousness of not having replaced that engine with a reliable state-of-the-art diesel electric engine, which is much cooler, which can go for 24 hours or more without a refuel. And these things are extremely problematic when you go to war because you have to pull forces back, refuel them, return them to the front. That's not easy to do when you're operating as frequently as every eight or six or nine hours. They say, well, we put it all, I guess, a, a generator on there to make up for this when you're sitting still. The problem is that you don't sit still for very long in combat because if you do, you're going to be targeted and destroyed. And that, of course, is what we're seeing in Ukraine. Persistent surveillance from space, from overhead surveillance, makes everything visible all the time. So if you're going to embed yourself in the ground, if you're going to set up a permanent position there where you try to fire from that, you're going to be targeted and destroyed very, very quickly. So that's why this defense right now looks a lot like World War I, because anybody who moves is identified and killed. 
The only limitation on your ability to target and destroy the enemy is ammunition. The Russians, of course, have no shortages whatsoever. You recall at the beginning of this, we have all these shortages, right? The Russians can't keep up with missiles. The Russians can't keep up with shells. Well, they have multiple manufacturing facilities operating seven days a week at 24 hours a day. We have no surge capacity in the United States. It would take us many, many months to come up to that kind of standard where we could actually compete in high, high-end conventional warfare. And that's why people like me and others worry that if we get into a confrontation, that we cannot win because the world has changed, warfare has changed, integrated air defenses will knock virtually everything that flies out of the sky, then we will then fall back on a nuclear deterrent. A tactical nuclear weapon that says, if you keep advancing, we'll have to use a nuclear weapon. We don't want to go there because the notion that there are so-called tactical nukes, you've heard that expression? Yes. Oh, that's just a little nuke. So that won't precipitate a major war. The use of any nuclear weapon is going to precipitate escalation very rapidly because your opponents will assume that if they don't use their nuclear weapons, they're going to lose them. So we're living in a terrible dilemma right now. The smartest thing that we can do is end this war. End this war. By the way, note to President Trump, if you get into the White House again, there is your Secretary of Defense. Yeah. That guy, okay? A guy who knows what he's talking about and isn't going to lie to you. Pure and simple. Well, we got to rebuild of the military and we got we got to quantum leap forward. Because he's right about the satellites, the you know we talk about our sophisticated air power, and there is sophisticated air power out there, but there's sophisticated surveillance, mm -hmm. which is why maybe China sat there and said, you know what, the the one thing that defies sophistication is a balloon. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Let's launch a yeah balloon yeah. they won't know what to do and we didn't know what to do we watched it go around in circles and take you know, pictures joe didn't know what to do other people they knew what to do but the guy Shoot who the had the power down. the guy who had the power he didn't know what to do you know biden was although i take that back i still think that he being influenced and under the thumb of the chinese he felt that he couldn't do anything because well, he owed them big time. We owe them big time. So let's just say what would happen if China all of a sudden, by whatever means, became the dominant force and they became our oligarchs, our, our rulers, our kings and queens, our king and king there. Because let's just say they, they fought us in whatever way and they now rule us. Yeah, you know, what uh, what would life be like? What would happen? Uh, we'd all have to learn Chinese. Mm -hmm. Well, they're doing that on TikTok and uh, certain YouTube channels now, where they they're teaching us how to cuss in Chinese. So, well, you know, I I think that in all honesty, I think they would they would remove all of the things in our country that have made us uniquely us, uh, all of well, the things would be we've theirs. been proud of. We yeah. we would be looking and saluting. Their their history, not our history. So we'd be we would dismantle our history. So if there was an agent for China, they would already be dismantling the history, right? Well, it's happening now. Look what's happening with the statues. You know, people have said uh, those Civil War statues with the Confederates—they deserve to come down. But a lot of people in this country, who are good Americans, strong Americans had ancestors who believed in that cause. And that cause at the time was believed to be very American, even though it was different from the United States. It was going to be the Confederate States. But they believed it was a continuation of what they thought of as being the right course of action. And a lot of people who are historians would say, wait a second, it's part of our history. Whether you like it or not, it is us. You know, it's not the Germans. It's not the Prussians in World War I. We were Americans fighting Americans. And should we have taken those statues and those names off of military bases? You know, they were a part of us. 
some people say absolutely they were the wrong part of us. No, they were part of us. And I mean, Robert E. Lee, uh, it was considered to be uh, maybe the greatest general of his time. I don't necessarily feel that way, but a lot of people do. James Longstreet, uh, considered mm-hmm. to be a, a, a t- t- wonderful tactician. Um, these were all Confederate generals. And um, I think that, they're, like you said, Bill, they're already starting to pull our history apart at the seams. What's yeah. the 1619 Project, where they're starting to say that uh, the country really started in 1619 and not in 1776? Well, we're rewriting our history, or somebody's rewriting the history. You know, I was sitting there thinking the other day, what's the difference between a liberal left and a uh, patriot right? You know, and I said, well, you know, patriot right is probably a person 50 and above. And I thought, no, there's liberal left that are 50 and above. But the difference between the two is the liberal left, they, they're, they're toying with the young because they're going, come on over here, little kid. I got some candy for you. Free stuff. Socialism. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that means freebies for you. Oh, it's a good thing. I don't know what these guys are talking about over there on the right. Come on over. Hey, responsibility like college loans? Nah. I know you signed it. You signed the document, but don't ignore it. Documents are meant to be broken. Document, schmockument. Come on over. Come on. Yeah, and and that's what they're doing to the young, and that's that's what they're trying to do. Uh, But they don't believe that that's going to get them the entire vote. They have to steal it. You know, Bill, I... um, I was not a big fan of being in the military. I mean, I was in the military, and it was mm-hmm. it was it was I lousy. You were doing it. it, yeah, but it was lousy. It was tough. Yeah. It was miserable. It was not fun. But there has to, there there's something to be said for some type of mandatory government re- requirement. I don't mean if it's not military. Some give some something back as a young person. You're never stronger. You're never in better shape than you are when you're between the ages of 18 and 25. I mean, that you're, you're never going to be in better shape. And, and that's when you should be giving something back to us. And I say that because it also gives you discipline. It also right. teaches you that things aren't free in this world. You have to earn them, you know? Right. This government right now, going to your point a second ago, this government right now would love nothing more than to let the young people think that everything's free. This, this stuff is, is is is. There's no responsibility needed. You can you know have what you want, whenever you want it, and and it's not true. You know our yeah. we live in a world where if you look at our history, everything was paid for either in money or blood. Yeah. But, um, you know, yeah, you know, I don't want to get on the school topic because I sit there. I have firm beliefs in education, mm-hmm. and I have beliefs in how we could pay for. It's already paid for. It's just mismanaged our whole education system. But I, I sincerely believe that a person could graduate from school with an associate degree if they want to go on. And I do believe that you're two years out of your life. Uh, need to go to, you know, some kind of government service. If it's not the military, serving the government. And you know what? You had a thing called physical ed. Physical ed could be like a cadet training or at least getting in shape and prepping for, but you're going to graduate from school with some kind of associate's degree. You want to go on and be a doctor or a lawyer. Well, that can be done too. And it might be paid for by your service or because you just have, but that's an a la carte thing, you know the the extra. Yeah. Bill, how degree. about how about if they had like a home militia program where you don't have to leave your house, but maybe two days a week you have to show up, uh, like, like you said, National at, Guard. at a football field, and you have to uh, maybe go through some exercises. Maybe they they teach you how to use weapons. God forbid, but they teach you how to use weapons, and you have responsibilities. Like a National Guard, but National Guard uh, is closer to the military than it is to civilian life. And I'm, it may be the, the more attractive well, thing. You know, Go ahead. You have Cub Scouts, you have Boy Scouts, so maybe you have Patriot Scouts or uh, American. You know, it's uh, 
you know, not I don't like the word militia, but whatever it is, it's uh, you know, it, home it's guard. a readiness for home, home guard. Yeah, yeah. It's yeah, the American Home Guard. You do that. That is part of your, you know, uh, step into adult life. Yes, that's part of your service. But that also gets you ready for if the need is there. Yep. We have a ready force that's always there. It's like. You know, Japan going, you know, there's a gun behind every blade. Joe Biden's doing away with that. Uh, I know we talked about it the other day that uh, I I know I mentioned it, that there's been 127 uh, licenses, gun licenses. Yeah. And now they're talking about that because they're they're going around shutting down gun shops and they're going uh, what what they may do is they may take somebody that that lied on their application, a hunter. All right. Yeah. Now, Hunter was sold a gun through false pretenses. Mm-hmm. Was it his fault for lying? Yes, it was. Was it the gun shop for selling him the gun because of the application? You take in an application to buy a gun. You call an 800 number in Washington. I know. I used to do this. Yeah. And you sit there and you call it in. Now, once I got an ID number on that, and they're going, yeah, this has got a hold for investigation. No, this one's a go. The holds, you put in a file. Hey, I'm sorry. We're going to hold your gun uh, until I get word back because I may have to refund you this money, this deposit, you know, but I may not. They're just doing a background check. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, you got approved. But there were many times I would go, as one young lady I'd talk to all the time, she goes, I'm swamped. She goes, you know, does the guy look okay? Yeah, I guess he does. Okay, you know, here you go. Here's your code. That is our federal government. Oh, I know. So is it the yeah. gun shop? Yeah. So now you, you you could sneak through a felon, and now the gun shop sold a gun to a felon, and there's all the precedents you need when, to take away their license. When I came back from, I was away for a long weekend about two weeks ago, and, mm-hmm. and on that long weekend... Uh, my family decided to go to a mall. I haven't been to a mall seriously in 10 years. I just, oh. I don't like them. I didn't like them when I was, had good knees and I don't particularly care for them with, uh, artificial knees. I've had knee replacement. Shock. You know, I know. Culture but, shock. <laughs> but, but, but I'm sitting, I didn't want to go into the store. So I, I, you know, I found a convenient and uh, well-placed uh, a bench and I made it mine. And I sat down, and, and uh, I was watching. I like to look at people. And I, I was watching the different people in the mall. And um, what I noticed was, I think I mentioned this too, uh, most of them or many of them spoke Spanish, mm-hmm. which was unusual because when I was a kid and going to the mall, when I would go to the mall, it was they were all American, but not so much anymore. But, Bill, the most important thing I noticed was that many of the young people are overweight. They're oh, yeah. heavy. I'm now I'm a big guy. I'm an old guy. You know, I, but when I was young, I was in great shape. I was in I was in really good shape most of my life. Not so much for the kids today. And, and I I do think part of that is, well, yes, yeah, the lifestyle. But I think the pandemic, two and a half years of being locked down and doing nothing, work, you know, eating food and watching TV for two and a half years, I think that decimated our country. And now, of course, they want to go back to it, which will only keep them heavy. You know, we've got to get back like into shape as a country. These young yeah. people, they we're doing them a terrible disservice. Well, you know, I, I have a lot of things to say. I probably won't do that, but let's just talk about the health thing right there. You know, a lot of it has to do, yeah, the lockdown. What are you going to do? You're going to sit around and eat because what else is there to do? Uh, and we're all going to get fat. Uh, but there's a lot of health issues that weren't around 10 years ago, 20 years ago, or 100 years ago. Now, yeah, we're living longer, but they don't want that now. They want to depopulate the world. So there's a lot of chemicals in the foods. Um, there's a, a thing out that I was reading, uh, it was yesterday or the day before there's a, a, a bile that's in your stomach. It's a bacteria germ or whatever, but it's necessary for your body to properly grow. It actually creates, you know, a germ, a bile that your, your, your cells live off of. 
But because of the foods that we eat, well, that bile's not being produced anymore, and it's almost extinct in the human body, which means when it's gone, you die. And we are all losing that bile that's in our stomach. You think it's intentional? Absolutely. Look, <laughs> you know, I sat there and I and I uh, I look at calories and I look at uh, what's that uh, fake stuff that they use for sugar now? Aspartame Which, or uh, aspartame? Uh, yeah, aspartame. Uh, um, aspartame. I won't use a brand name; they may get ticked off. But yeah, aspartame. Yeah. Okay, that's cancer-causing agent. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I sat there, and so I found, you know, the little mixed drink, you know, that I can throw in a bottle of water and give it flavor. It's got five calories. I'm going, that's good. No aspartame. And then I sat there. I spilled a little bit of it on my thumb, and it turned red, and I said, and it took two days to scrub and get that dye out. And I'm going like, ah, ah. Chemical. So all, yeah, all this goodness, yeah. but there's dye in it. And it doesn't have to have dye in it, but that's to make it look attractive. It's a sure. grape drink, so you got to have that red dye in there. Or oh, it's a lime drink. You got to have that green dye in there. We, you know, for our vanity and everything else, we're shoving chemicals down our throat. And I only became health conscious because back in 2015, you know, I met my fate and I'm lucky to be here. And just in the past year, even though I was healthy, I had another bout, and not from that, but from basically the stuff that I was eating. I said, that is it. Damn it. I'm going to fix all this. And it took a little while to get used to, but then all of a sudden, eating healthy, feel good, feel better than I did when I was 30. And, you know, so I'm happy, but I'm just saying the crap that we are putting into our mouths that we are is getting shoved down our throats. Well, you know, my, my- I went to a wellness check a few months ago, and uh, my doctor, good guy, uh, who listens to this podcast. And, Hi, Doc. Uh, we won't mention any names, Doc. He's sweating right now. Is he going to mention my name? No, 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 no. Um, but we were talking. I said, uh, sorry about this paunch that I put on. I, I think it's, I call it my pandemic paunch because I have, you know, gained weight. This is right after the pandemic. He said, you're not, al- you're not alone. Meaning, a lot of he's seen a lot of patients just like me, you know, who have gained weight during this sedentary time that we've go- gone through, and you know, and th- this government wants us to go right back there. They want you to put the mask on, and huh. we know so much about masks right now that it, it's it's sickening. I mean, uh, yeah, I guess is the N95 mask is a pretty good mask, but it's still a mask. And it's still not totally effective. But the other masks that we wear, they look like surgical masks. They're about as effective as uh, taking a chain link fence and throwing sand through it, you know. But we wear them because it makes you feel good. And and they want you to wear them in schools. They want to put our kids back into those masks. They want to make it so you have to have the kids stay home and do their work again on Zoom, you know, which is wrong. It is so, so wrong. And a lot of people will say, we never should have done it the first time. The first you time know, we should have kept the country open and kept going. You really want to piss off the left? Excuse me. You really want to tick off the left? Left, uh, Defy them. Get healthy. Be healthy. Live longer than they want us to. Maybe the doc could sit there and uh, he could be Dr. Uh, Dr. Eat Right, Dr. Feel Good, whatever we want to call him. He could give us a little daily health note or a weekly health note of what you need to do, you know, that we could sit there and either read or or play that's um, 45, 60 seconds, good sound bite thing. That'd be kind of cool, you know, because hmm. people need I think to know. The, my doc is so busy. He's going, I, just what I need, more work. Yeah, an- <laughs> another, another job. Thanks, guy. <laughs> Tell Bill he can, where he can, no. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway. Uh, well, you're losing weight, though. You've, you've, yeah, uh, I see it. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm, I'm doing it. Uh, I have a terrific uh, coach. She's my daughter. And yeah, uh, she'll she, kick you in the butt if you don't do what uh, you're supposed to do. Exactly right. And uh, she's a she's been she's helped me on a number of different occasions where I've lost weight. And then, of course, when you lose weight, like a lot of people, you get comfortable again and you eat it again. <laughs> it's just it's a never-ending cycle. We'll be right back. Johnny Reese is a major league pitcher who. 
always had a talent for striking people out. Teams fell over themselves trying to recruit the young man with the menacing fastball. But baseball isn't his only talent. He's also a major league hitman, a contract killer who likes his work. Reese does more than strike opponents out. He eliminates them all together. Retired New York City detective Jack Kane has come to Pittsburgh to find a killer and squeeze play by Jim Harrington is the story about what happens when these two alpha males meet and go head to head. It's a great weekend read. Squeeze play from Dover and Blackstone Media LLC. It's available at Amazon.com, BarnesandNoble.com, and many other great online book sites. Or visit itsanotherday.com and click on our link at the top of the page. When it comes to mysteries and a great read, Squeeze Play is a grand slam. Okay, he's... Uh, President Trump is headed down there, which you believe, what, Thursday? Yeah, Thursday. He's going to turn himself in and uh, pay his bell 200000 bucks, which, what, is 10% of that, so it'd be $20,000. Yeah. Um, I can't imagine. It, first of all, it's not going to be a problem. He's a billionaire. But the fact of the matter that he, ha- he has to pay anything to these people is it's a sin, in my, well, in my I- estimation. Everybody's saying, even on the left, well, this is not ex- expected to stick. They know it's a BS case. That being said, if you know it's a BS case and you're doing it anyway, which we all know it's mm-hmm. it, everything that's being done is timed. Look at every time Biden got in trouble, an indictment comes down. And now the election's coming up. Oh, let's go back to the mandates because we got another virus. When is America, America going to wake up? And start saying, enough is enough. I know. And now the blue states are saying, well, we're going to take Trump off the ballot. Good. You know what? Write in the votes because that's a legal vote. And if they go and find a way to throw out 80 million votes, I would think that would be enough. They will look standing. There'll probably be a little box that you have to write your name in. And if you don't put the entire written in name in that box, it'll be disqualified for some reason. Or a tiny square that you can put a check in. If, That's about if, it. if people um, write just T-R-U-M-P, you know, that won't be good enough. It'll have to be Donald J. Trump. I'm sure just the last name, no matter what, just the last name by itself won't stand. It, it, I mean, they, they figured all the different things out, folks. Trust me. These people have thought around corners. They've been planning on 2024 since uh, since 2000. Mm-hmm. It's, it is amazing what they've uh, what they they have they have no intention of giving up their power, their position in Washington right now to uh, these upstarts and their leader. The upstarts being MAGA, and the leader being Donald Trump. I was told by an operative one time, and I say an operative because they work in the Democratic Committee, and they said, we are going to control, you know, everything in D.C. for the next 30 years. I, I don't doubt that, Bill. I, I, I think that, that makes sense. Yeah, I, I think they want to uh, keep us under their thumb as long as they can, 30 well, years you know, minimum. If you can control it for 30 years, you can eliminate all competition at which point in time you don't have to keep your side in play anymore because you can go to go to a, a, a total dictatorship or a dictatorship and that's it. You're done. Well, one party rule. I look at Donald Trump and I think for these people to embarrass this good man. I mean, he's a good man. I don't care what you say. He is loved by his family. Yeah, he's had he's had uh, some wives. But, you know, the funny thing about it is his wives, his ex-wives, never really hated the guy. You know, they always, I I think they interviewed Marla Maples or somebody, one of the ex-wives, and she had every intention of voting for Donald Trump. Most ex-wives would say, no, no, I'm that guy, no way I'm voting for him. I know too much. 
But uh, uh, so you got Donald Trump and you got the kids who love him, you yeah. know, like you wouldn't, you couldn't, you couldn't imagine a stronger me- family. But the media is all over him. Ivanka, who is buried on uh, his golf course, uh, they sit there. Now the media is going, look, at what a disgrace. Her her tombstone's there, and 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 the and the ground the ground is not, uh, you know, maintained Sacred. there. Yeah, yeah. You, you know they expect to see Trump out there pushing a lawnmower, and then if he was doing that, well, he's got all that money, and he's pushing the lawnmower. They're doing everything they can, but you know, I was thinking about um, the mandate because they're talking about Biden and. You know, this is the best economy that we've ever had. I mean, he's done one heck of a job. I mean, don't you agree, Jim, that is this is a great economy? And they're saying oh, it's a great economy. Me. But, you know, the one me. thing that can kill an economy is a lockdown and a, another pandemic, which oh, they're sure. getting ready to do. Now, I said, well, wait a minute. Why would they want to go ahead and embrace that unless – the numbers are talking about is all a lie in that house of cards about to come down. Yeah. Let's get the pandemic in here and we can blame it on the pandemic and then go back and say, you know, if Trump would have handled this right, when it first began, we wouldn't be here right now. It's all his fault. This crash is due to him. Not that Bidenomics and let's ever th- really worked. Look at our enemies. Okay. Let's take a good look at our enemies, Russia, China. You think they're going to follow suit? No way. Mm-mm. Nope. Uh, well, Ruble's doing pretty good, actually. Yeah. Uh, I, you heard what uh, Colonel McGregor said. Uh, they're mm-hmm. they're making they're they're making their equipment as fast as it, as they can make it. They're working twenty four hour a day shifts, seven days a week. Uh, so they're they're not short of military supplies over here. We've got shortages everywhere, yeah. everywhere. And by the way, I'm glad I didn't forget this. I don't know whether you saw this story or not, but this was out of New York. There is right. a skin-eating bacteria oh, that yeah. is, he says, killed two people, one in New York, one in Connecticut. Now, I ask you, what is different this year in that area than, let's say, the last year or two? Maybe 150,000 illegal people? That we don't know who came from, we don't know where, you know. And all of a sudden, we st- we're starting to get these flesh-eating bacterias. Yeah. I, I mean, this is... Well, Go ahead, Bill. I was going to say, maybe we need to build a wall around it and make it like the oh, old movie uh, uh, we, Kirk we, Douglas was in, Escape from New York. Yeah, we, we could build a wall around it, but we gave all of the... Uh, wall parts away uh we know oh yeah we we sold yeah. them cheap yeah yeah, yeah we had 300 that. million though but we sold it for two million dollars <laughs> well yeah we what had six billion dollars worth of uh military hardware too that we just left on the ground for anyone to take oh unbelievable but uh, a flesh-eating bacteria think about that in new york tell me that's not dangerous a city of uh, about 10 million people maybe more more or less uh, and you've got a, a flesh-eating bacteria it's gonna it's gonna feast on people, and um, they just keep bringing they keep bringing strangers into town. They keep doing it. You know this fathead they have in New York, this idiot Eric Adams. I mean, I'm sorry, sir, if you're listening. First of all, I know it's an accident because on normal circumstances you wouldn't listen to a program this intelligent. But the fact of the matter is, if you're listening, you're an idiot because. You are allowing this to happen to one of the finest cities in the world. When I was there back in the uh, late 70s, and that wasn't its heyday, that was pre-Giuliani, it was better than it is now. I mean, I mean, when I was there back in the late 70s, uh, uh, New York was an exciting, vibrant city. What did you say he was again? Pardon? What did you say he was again? Who, Julian, uh, who uh, uh, Eric Adams? Yeah. I think I said an idiot. What, what did I, what uh, I, w- I wish you could loosen up and be a little bit more <laughs> I, forthcoming and honest, yeah. you know, with how he's you really He's a big feel. idiot. <laughs> oh, there. He's there a big go. idiot, okay? Uh, a big blooming idiot. But, okay. but you know, I mean, for the, he was the kind of guy that's so political in the beginning. He said, we're a sanctuary city and we're proud of it. Uh, we welcome all these strangers into our town. And then they came by the busload. Then there was a 
a massive movement to New York. And all of a sudden, the same mayor was out there just recently going, Oh, we're closed. Please stop. Uh, the federal government needs to help us. No, Eric, the federal government shouldn't help you because you brought this on yourself, you doofus. Well, we have an infestation in the United States. We need to fumigate the White House and some state capitals around and some mayoral offices, too. <laughs> There's a lot of things we got to do. There's a lot of things we got to do. A lot of things are on our plate. Um, it's it's amazing though. President Trump will be down uh, explaining himself to some f- flunky judge in Fulton County tomorrow that he shouldn't have to stand before. But you know they're going to embarrass him, and I, I I I forewarn you. Trust me, they will do everything they can to diminish him and embarrass him publicly tomorrow. I mean, if they can take a picture of him, you know, a, a photo of him. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Front and, front, you know, what, a front and profile, they will do it. And then, even though they probably have a deal where it's not made public, somebody, ooh, will leak it to the public, and we'll see it in the New York Times, we'll see it in the Washington Post, it will be in the Atlantic, it'll be everywhere. We'll see this President Trump. And if I were President Trump right now, sir, is I would go down to your PR people, your publicity guys, and have them do front and profile pictures. Do a whole bunch of them. Do them smiling. Do them waving. Just flood the zone with front and profile pictures. So when they issue the one from Fulton County, it gets lost in the sea of front and profiles. Don't let them describe the narrative. Is that no, a good idea? True. It make, I mean, that makes sense to no, me. I, I, yeah, it makes sense <laughs> to me. I, I, I get it. You know, yeah. In other words, one-up them. You know, don't give them the opportunity yeah. to uh, to uh, show how it is. And you can make a mockery of the uh, of the profile picture, as a matter of fact. Well, which would be it, a great. It, but, you know, they, they, will, they will just try to diminish him. And uh, I, But I heard uh, the sheriff of Fulton County say, well, we got a camera, you know, and uh, we got a, well, how did he put it? But he was making light of like, ain't no difference between President Trump and anybody else. Yeah, hey, I'm you, the sheriff of yeah. this here county, hey, and uh, boy, I'm going to pull you over and violate you. Sir, That's, you're a ding dong. This you, You're talking about the 45th president of the United States of America who didn't bring us to war, who gave us a terrific economy, and gave us a, a country moving in the right direction. There's a big difference between you and and your your cronies down there in Fulton County. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, uh, they I I applaud President Trump and I wish him the best on Thursday. Go ahead, Bill. Well, I I don't have the name here, but there was a uh, I was going to change the story a little bit. Uh, transgender powerlifter breaks national record of 400 pounds, 1,317 pounds. Uh, you know that was with. Was the, he lifting uh, for the in the women's division? Yes, he was. Oh. He deadlifted, bench pressed, and squatted. And hey, then, Bill, big question: What the hell is now? Well, I don't know. I, I really don't know. But then he uh, criticized his female competitors for their poor performance, oh. and I'm like, on you know what? Whether whether he got a cut and tuck or not, I would have dropped, kicked him right where it. Uh, yeah, make him a soprano, no matter what. You'd make him a soprano. I'd make sure he was a soprano. <laughs> you know, so there you go, buddy. Yeah. Now, now sing yeah. alto for us. Exactly. Oh! <laughs> <laughs> you know, uh, it amazes me. The National Organization of Women. All of my life, they were uh, feminists who were pushing for equal pay, equal rights. Uh, they were pushing for the individuality of the woman. And all of a sudden, the most critical time in our history comes along when it comes to women, and they are crickets. You hear nothing from these people. They should be running ads. They should be getting out there and, and picketing in front of all of these different places that are promoting uh, these uh, uh, different acceptances. And they're not. A man is not a woman, a woman is not a man, and that's all there is to it. Now, if you happen to be fellas, you know, around a woman that is a real woman and likes her femininity, treat her like the queen she is. 
If there's a transgender in your life, that's their choice. But, you know, I, I treat them like, especially like this power lifter. I, that's a piece of trash, and that's how I would treat them. Well, you know, uh, I, I look at people that, like, but... was it Riley Gaines, the young lady who uh, swam against, uh, uh, what's, uh, what was his name? Um, Liam, uh, Leah, Leah, what's his name? The guy who swam, he, he was about 6'4", and he, I think I played football with guys his size, and he put, he said he was a transgender, so they let him swim. And Riley Gaines said, you know, it's not so much that, if she came in second place, I think, but the thing is, she should have come in first place. And there was a, a young lady who came in fourth place who should have come in third place. You know, yeah, it, it's a win place and show. You know, it's gold, silver, and bronze. Nuclear when it gets down to the fourth the place, you're an also ran. There was a young lady who was eliminated from the top the three because of uh, this Can guy who was swimming with city cops. Stop it from you know? happening. And, and you know, know that guy Jack has no respect a good for the women that are really women competing. He's like, yeah, well, is a look at Dylan Mulvaney. You, yeah. you know, Dylan, Dylan didn't even get the change. Had a face That's it. Where's the dress and makeup and black hair? And then he sits there and talks about what he kind of mocks women the way he acts. But he talks about how what it's like being a woman. He gets forty thousand dollars a speaking engagement. He killed a major brand. And click on our link he at the killed top a multi-billion-dollar business. When it comes yeah. to mysteries and, and a great he's a millionaire now from this. Do you think you that he's really concerned about what it's like to be a woman? Because he didn't get the change. So obviously, he's very insincere. Yeah. I pick on this guy because he's a piece of crap. Well, you know, the, he, he danced on. He's uh, a phony. He danced, I believe, on the Ellen DeGeneres show as a guy. He was a guy. Yeah. I mean, he 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 was seeking fame and fortune as a guy. And it wasn't working out the way he wanted it to, so he became a YouTube influencer. I'd be curious a, to hear how Ellen feels about that because, you know, I always respected uh, Ellen DeGeneres' uh, comedic uh, abilities and the fact that she came out of the closet, I really didn't care. That was her choice. She didn't transgender or anything like that, but if she supports that, then, you know, my respect for her would go well, I, right down the tubes. Hey, you know, God knows. We have uh, just about run out of time, Bill, as as we always do. We could keep going for another hour, but uh, but the clock on the wall has uh, a different plan for us. We, uh, the clock lies. <laughs> we shall be back again tomorrow. By the way, our number, if you want to contact us, is 833-538-7868, 833-538-7868. And, of course, there's mail at it's another day.com mail at it's another day.com. So we got the debate coming up tomorrow. The debate yeah. tomorrow. That's a big deal. And how uh, do you think that's going to turn out? I mean, DeSantis has got to come hitting because he's tanking. I think this will be a make or break debate for DeSantis because he's already done. Well, I have a question for you, Bill. You know, Trump said he's not going to do his the debate, and there's talk that he's going to be interviewed with Tucker. And that's going to air. I think the interview's already been recorded. Now, if it airs exactly against um, against the debate, if you have a choice of watching President Trump ask, uh, answer questions with Tucker Carlson or watch these uh, people. The Pils Pillsbury Doughboy? Oh, yeah. Yeah. And Mike Pence, you know, Mr. Pontificate. Uh, if you see these guys up on this, I think I'd rather watch Trump. Myself and people say, well, it's on if it's on Twitter alone, you know, when you he's know, on Twitter, he gets 13, 14 million people watching him. So don't uh, don't uh, shush that off. That's pretty good. Well, here, here, here's the here's the news headline on Thursday. Trump won't be in the news. They won't even talk. They'll talk about him having to report on Thursday and that he's paying two hundred thousand dollars in bail. There will be nobody watching the Republican convention. And that'll be the big news that nobody cares about Republicans. You know, I think it's a pretty astute observation. It's a good way to wind up the show, but I think you're right. I think yeah. they will ignore the interview that he does with Tucker on Wednesday. 
they will say that uh, he didn't show up and uh, the winner was whoever, but the viewership was down on the on the debate. So how could you really call the winner? Because, you know, Pillsbury Barry Doughboy, 0.05% and nobody else, anything. Yeah. Uh, and you know, and, and the Pillsbury Doughboy, he's going to, he's going to feel mighty proud of that when he's the king of nothing Yes, and he's got no shot in hell. Yeah. You know, he, he's going to be baked. That's what he's going to, he's going to, he's going to get to see his bread rise cause he's going to get baked. Uh, and okay. That's all there is to it. It's that time. It's the time of the show where, uh, you give us your traditional, your tr- traditional ending. It's something that people look forward to. It's becoming a staple of our program. People write from far and wide saying, I I wait the whole show just to hear Mr. Knight say, Hasta la vista, baby! We're out of here. A terrorist sleeper cell has plans to detonate a suitcase nuclear device while the president and the Israeli Prime Minister are making an appearance at the Convention Center in Pittsburgh. Can a retired New York City cop stop it from happening? If the cop is Jack Kane, then it's got a good chance. Strike at the Giant, a Jack Kane mystery by Jim Harrington, is a page-turner that will keep you riveted from cover to cover. Strike at the Giant, a Jack Kane mystery from Dover and Blackstone Media, LLC, is available at Amazon.com, BarnesandNoble.com, and many other great online book sites. Or visit It'sAnotherDay.com and click on our link at the top of the page. When it comes to mysteries and a great read, Strike of the Giant is all you need. The Voice of Freedom, CRN America. These days, when you want an answer about just about anything, you ask Alexa. You ask her about the weather. You ask her who won your favorite sporting event. You ask her to find a fact that you can't find anywhere. Well, we did that too. We asked her how many people have downloaded itsanotherday.com. And this is what she said. From acceleration.com, it has been downloaded as much as 260,433,467 times. I know, seems like a lot. Seems like a lot to us, too. But it's Alexa. Thanks for making us a part of your day. And tell your friends about itsanotherday.com. We could use an extra listener. I mean, what do you do when you only have 260 million? <laughs>